This is the Sleeper Hold Podcast. Sleeper Hole Podcast, where there's no disqualification on the topics and falls count anywhere. I am your host, Priest, and I am actually recording this outside in this beautiful weather. So if you hear some weird wind or the dogs barking, kids playing, now you know why. Anyway, we had a great past week, weekend, rather, if you ask me. I think it went really well. First of all, we had Pinfall Wrestling Association's Grand Wrestling Spectacle was a very good show. A lot of great things happened. And if you're curious about that, it is going to be the other thing tied to this post. I am making a post with not only this regular scheduled episode, but with the spectacle. Definitely check it out. I think you'll really enjoy it. Aside from that, we also had WWE's Extreme Rules. I actually was very happy with Extreme Rules with what I got to see and everything else. Unfortunately, I was a little bit late seeing some of it because we were actually driving from my sister-in-law's graduation and her celebration dinner. But, you know, I can't really complain. I enjoyed spending time with my in-laws and everything else. And my sister-in-law, she's just awesome. So no complaints there. Uh, The only thing I did not like about Extreme Rules is how, once again, they did a screw job to my girl Natty. If she was to lose in a normal way, you know, if Charlotte was to defeat her hands down by natural skill, by natural wrestling, that's fine. But these little screw job psychology games, they get old real quick. You saw it with the Bella Twins and everything else. It got to the point where back then, where I stopped caring about the women's division. Then they did the Divas Revolution, or now Women's Revolution, and it was like, hey, there's a ray of hope. But now they're doing it all over again to where it's like, you know, don't tease me with a good time unless you're going to deliver. Because, honestly, you're leaving me to nothing but disappointment. So that's how I feel about it. And I feel that, you know, they really are just pulling on the strings of Natalia and all her fans. And it's not right. With that being said, we had Monday... Oh, also Extreme Rules. Before I forget, Seth Rollins... Yes, Seth frickin' Rollins showed up and actually, you know, made his return after giving a pedigree to the defending and reigning champion of the WWE heavyweight title, Roman Reigns. It was pretty cool, and you know I'm glad that they're going to be able to have those two have a feud again because they really do have really good chemistry together in the ring. Now, to Raw. Raw, it was... It's like your normal Raw after a pay-per-view. It's got its ups, it's got its downs. The one thing that I will say is you got to see Charlotte show her true colors by disowning her own father, saying that she doesn't need him anymore. And she, you know, she just wanted to get back at him for all the times that while she was a child, he was always gone. Wham, wham, grow up, put on your big girl panties and deal with it. I understand it's a story thing, and I understand that, you know, in reality, they do have children that have to suffer with that because they're on the road all the time. But at the same token, to make that be how she 
uses and then throws away her father, giving her everything that he could, helping her out through tough times against Natalia and other of the women's division roster. It makes me want to just slap her upside the head. It really does. I, I like Charlotte as an individual outside the ring, but they really are making her play to be more disliked than even Nikki Bella was. And that's saying something. Again, I like Nikki Bella outside the ring, but when she was a champion, I wanted to strangle her. So, besides that, we had um, Shane O'Mac approve that at Money in the Bank, Seth Rollins will go up against Roman Reigns. I like it. I'm telling you, whatever Shane comes up with, it seems to keep getting better and better. I mean, he even came up with the Asylum match, or gave approval for the Asylum match, rather, to Dean Ambrose for Extreme Rules. And that was pretty cool. Money in the Bank is, you know, just right around the corner. We got a few weeks to go for it before. It's one of the pay-per-views that I really enjoy because you really get to see potential happen there. These guys get a chance to have a contract, if you will, to cash in at any time, anywhere, and get a chance for the title. It could be during, after, before a match. It doesn't matter. And we've seen majority of the time it's successful. So there's going to be a few cases where not so much. So it is kind of cool to see Money in the Bank and all its glory. Now then, we got all that recapping done. Like I said, if you want to hear more about the Penfall Wrestling Association thing, check out the other link that's on the website with this one. I don't think you'll be disappointed. But we're going to get back on track with what's going on with this episode, this series, which is about the matches. So let's get this rolling. And like I said before, and I'll say it again, just like you hear a referee say, let's ring the bell. All right, people in Springfield, Illinois, listen up. And also for all of you who decide to come and visit Springfield, Illinois. If you're ever hungry, you want something that's quick and delicious and not just one of your typical run-of-the-mill burger joints like McDonald's and all that, go ahead and check out this place called P&P's Little Grill. If you want to try to find it, the best way you can is just remember to go on the corner of Sangamon, and Peoria Road, look for the Thornton's Gas Station, and it'll be right next to this little white building. It's called PMP's Little Grill, or Lil Grill, rather. And let me tell you, I've had so many different things from there just trying out for their food. It's all good. But if you ask me what my favorite is, their burgers are great, especially the one I just had recently. It was a nice Chuck burger. It had hash brown and egg on it. It was incredible. And of course, the melted cheese. You gotta have cheese on it. I don't care who you are. Cheese is always the best. And then, of course, like I said, they got good fries. They have a little Phillies. Those Phillies are great with that place. So, if you're ever ready to go to a wrestling show in Springfield, or you're just living around the area and you want something good to eat... Go to PMP's Little Grill and check this out. Make sure you're paying attention to this. This is the important part. You go there and you tell them that Priest from the Sleeper Hole podcast sent you and you're going to get 10% off your order. You heard me right. You just mentioned my name, Priest, and the Sleeper Hole podcast and you're going to get 10% off your order. Again, 
PMP's Little Grill off the corner of Sangamon and Peoria Road, right next to Thornton's, right across the street from Walgreens. Check them out. It is going to be worth it, I promise you, and you will be thanking me. If you're not thanking me, your stomach and your tongue will. I can promise that. The first match I want to talk about today is one that I really think is always great to watch, especially when you have feuding countries. It can be great for political use. It can be great for any type of use, and that's the flag match. The flag match essentially is when the professional wrestlers are playing what you would pretty much call a wrestling version of capture the flag. Each match has two different flags placed on opposite turnbuckles, and they represent the specific wrestler or team of wrestlers with their um, home location usually or wherever they are trying to represent. For example, I know one that I loved was Bret Hart's team, Team Canada versus Team USA, which had like Stone Cold Steve Austin, Dude Love, and The Undertaker, while Bret Hart had himself Owen and the British Bulldog, Davy Boy Smith. So, I mean, that was a great one. That's just an example, you know, Canada versus America. They've done various ones. It's always great. And the object is basically, it, it changes for different companies, but usually it's for them to retrieve their own flag, and then the anthem will be played of that flag. I've seen it before also where it's that you need to retrieve your opponent's flag and tear it down so that yours is the only one left standing. It can be either way, but the main thing is it's always a capture the flag type thing, and whoever retrieves the flag first is the winner. It's not anything like you'd have in video games where you have to retrieve the flag and run back to your base without getting body slammed or whatever. That's not the case here. It's a pretty simple thing, but it builds for a lot of hype in it is a really good type of match to watch. I definitely recommend, if you haven't seen a flag match, check them out. I'm sure you might see some with independent companies or even stuff on YouTube or even the WWE Network. Just definitely check it out. I don't think you will be disappointed at all. Okay, one type of match that I need to definitely talk on, even though I'm going to try to be very short and sweet with it because I feel like it's not one that needs to be as hyped up as other type of matches I could talk about, are the ones that they call the strip matches which are exactly what they are sounding like. Usually these are either a bra and panties match, a tuxedo match, or an evening gown match, which pretty much what it means is to make the person be stripped down to the skivvies. For the evening gown match and the bra and panties match, it's with the women. Evening gown match, they're wearing an evening gown. Bra and panties, they're wearing regular wrestling gear or something, and they need to be stripped down to, of course, their bra and panties which was often used in the Attitude Era. So it was played a lot. It got old quick for some people. Other people loved it and wish that it was still around. I know people I just heard the other day saying they wish that there was a 21-up wrestling venue around here just so they could have that stuff. It is what it is. But my attitude is if you're going to have that, you might as well suck it up and be okay with the fact that there is a thing called a tuxedo match. Tuxedo match is like a bra and panties match, but it's where the guys are involved. The guys are wearing suits, tuxedos, whatever, and they are to be stripped down to their boxers or their tidy whiteies. And hopefully not wearing a man thong with an elephant trunk. That's just wrong and very bad. So anyway, that's the real quick skinny, or skibby if you will, haha pun intended, of these strip matches. Are you enjoying the Sleeper Hole podcast? 
Do you want to show your support for what we're doing here? Well, I got the thing just for you. Go to our website, www.thesleeperhole.com, and check out our newest link that we now have added. It is our shop, and it's going to be, right now, it's just with Cafe Press, but we are planning on expanding to a lot of great things coming soon. Trust me, I'll be talking about them later on. But go ahead and check it out. We've got different outfits. We've got different items that all have not only our logo, but our brand new The Fallen Angel design, which was drawn by yours truly and designed by yours truly just for all you fans so you guys would have something unique and awesome to show off. Even if you don't want to, you know, worry about promoting us, you can't go wrong with that shirt. That shirt is awesome. And you're going to have people checking out going, man, where'd you get that? And who knows? Even if you do wear one of our regular shirts, you're probably going to have a few people who are listening to this and be like, hey, I know that podcast. There you go. You get to meet more fans. You get to communicate. You get to have a lot of good time. So again, you want to show your support? You're loving what we're doing? Well, we would love for you to support us by wearing either our outfits or having some of our different stuff, like we have the glasses, we have the dog tags, we have pillows. We have a whole bunch of stuff on there. So again www.thesleeperhole.com and then check out our link that says shop. I promise you, you're going to find something that will be right up your alley. Okay, the last type of matches I want to talk about today are stipulation-based matches. These all usually have some type of major thing at stake. The only one that really doesn't elevate, in my opinion, as much is, ironically, the Elevation X match. The only thing about this match is that the wrestlers are up in the scaffolds competing and whoever falls off loses the match. Okay, first of all, that's just plain stupid. The only reason why I say that is because we've seen what can happen with the scaffolds and everything else. Rest in peace, Owen Hart. Don't mock something like that. Don't be stupid like that. So if I ever see or hear something like that happening local or when I go to a show, like a big promotional show, you can expect me to actually speak my mind a lot, and if I do have to go to a big show like WWE and that happens, I'll probably already have a sign that says, Are you freaking stupid? Just saying. Now, let's talk about the last chance match. This one is pretty simple. It's a do-or-die situation where the champion is going up against the challenger. If the challenger loses, he is no longer allowed to challenge and compete for said title as long as the defending champion holds that belt. So, for example, say that Roman Reigns and Seth Rollins go into a do-or-die match for Money in the Bank. Seth Rollins loses. He can't go after that title again as long as Roman Reigns has it. However, if AJ Styles shows up and beats Roman Reigns, which he's been unsuccessful so far with, It'll turn around and give Seth Rollins a chance to go for that title once again. That's your general last chance match. Now, another great match that's great for local things, and it's kind of used a lot for retirements or when people need to take a break, is what we call the Loser Leaves Town match. You don't see these that often anymore. These were more back in the days of territories, but it's exactly what it sounds like. Two people have a huge feud. And if the person loses, they can no longer 
perform at that specific location, that specific town, venue, whatever. The only time we've seen something like this in more of a modern time frame is the loser leaves the brand type of match where, for example, Edge defeated Matt Hardy and he had to leave Raw to go to SmackDown. So it's still a very similar concept. Um, it's really a great way to end a huge, huge storyline or an Edge in Matt Hardy's case, a regular real-life feud as well to keep people safe for their own sanity. Now this next one I kind of have to scoff about. It's called the retirement match, and it again, it is what it says. If the person loses, they must retire from the business. Usually it's a retirement match where one person's career is on the line, not both. However, I have seen it before where it's been career versus career, but nine times out of ten, these are never permanent. A person could lose a retirement match, be gone for, oh, I don't know, two, three, seven years. And then right when things are really needed to be picked up, they bring the person back into the roster and the crowd goes bananas. It happens. It's kind of what they do with these things. So it's never truly a genuine retirement match like it could be if people really want it to be. I personally feel that these are great to use, especially in the independent circuit. Say you know somebody is getting to the point where age is catching up to them, or they've suffered a serious injury and they don't just want to be removed from the roster, removed from the storyline too easily. Give them a retirement match. Give them something to leave out on so they can have a formal way to say goodbye to the fans. I have a lot of respect for retirement matches when they are done right. Can they be done right? Yeah, I've seen it done at least once or twice. Out of how many times? Too many times. So that's why I kind of scoff more at the retirement match than anything. The only thing that makes me scoff more than that is this next one, which started out with, from my memory, my memory is Jerry the King Lawler, but it's grown from there, is the Kiss My Foot match, where literally the loser has to get down on their knees the winner takes off his stinky, smelly wrestling boot, takes off his sweaty sock, and the loser must kiss the royal foot of the winner. Which, you know, that just, yeah. It, it, watch the one with Bret Hart and King Lawler. That one's awesome. It, it made me laugh and smile every time I watch it. But it did evolve. It evolved to the kiss my A double crooked letter to Kiss Me Arse match, which is just the PG version of saying that. And it really was more with Vince McMahon in the Attitude Era, where he made people join the Kiss Me double A double letter um, club. I'm trying to keep it PG here, people. Bear with me. And he would literally tell people if they wanted to stay in the business, they had to pucker up while he dropped his drawers and kiss the full moon. Thankfully, that kind of stopped after a while when the tables turned on Vince McMahon, and I was hoping this thing would be dead permanently, because honestly, it's a joke and a half. That wouldn't be the case thanks to Sheamus. Sheamus had his Kiss Me Arse match against Dolph Ziggler not too long ago, and we all saw how that went. If not, go check it out. I'm not going to sit there and talk about that. We're here to talk about matches, not about the... History of Dolph Ziggler or History of Sheamus. That's for the future. So, definitely a unique, goofy match to check out. 
I would say do the kiss my foot. It's better. It's also, in my opinion, even though the butt is very gross to see Vince McMahon show his wrinkly, bumbly old butt, I think it's gross to see uh, what Jerry Lawler had set up for his stinky, smelly foot going up against Bret Hart. So, yeah, definitely check that out. I promise you'll like it. All right, so here's a stipulation type match that I absolutely love. And if I was to run my company ever again, this is something I'm going to do. It's called usually spin the wheel, make the deal, or roulette. Basically what it is, is you know that there's going to be a match of person A versus person B. But what type of match is it? We don't know. So how are we going to decide this? Well, we have a wheel that we spin that has one of those little things that sticks out, kind of like a wheel of fortune. And that's where it stops and tells you what match is going to be. Will it be a submission? Will it be first blood? Will it be a table, ladders, chairs? Who knows? These are really kind of neat because they add an unexpected twist to the whole thing. And they make it great because even the wrestlers don't really know what to expect. They may have a game plan, but they've got to really change the plan to accommodate with whatever that wheel decides. Only other thing that I like that's very similar to this, and I wish the WWE would bring it back. I think I've said this before, but I'm going to say it again. They had, for pay-per-view, Taboo Tuesday. And that was awesome. I think it eventually became Taboo Sunday for a while there, too. But this was the most genius thing that they ever came up with, and I wish they would have kept it. They actually had it where the fans could go online, to WWE.com, which now they could use their mobile phone if they really wanted to, and they would vote for what kind of stipulation they wanted for a match. Whether it was what type of match it was, or, hey, we're going to have Chris Jericho go against, is it going to be Kane? Is it going to be Rob Van Dam? Is it going to be Buddy Holiday? You get to vote who Chris Jericho gets to go against. That was awesome. The fans really got behind it. I don't really know why they stopped doing it. I wish I could find out. There's one thing that if I, if I had the chance to ask Vince McMahon, I probably would ask him that. But it was a genius thing, and I really hope they get to bring it back. So definitely that's something that you could see a lot of independent companies doing, and it would really work well for them if they wanted to give it a shot, in my opinion. Alright, boys and girls, I'm going to get to this last match from the stipulation-based matches, and that is the Luchas de Apustas. I think I pronounced that right, I don't know, but basically it translates to gambling fights. This started out in Mexico, and it's carried over to the American country, or, well, the United States, rather, because, well, Mexico is in North America. But still, this is what basically it started out with. You had a feud. And in Mexico, Lucha Libre is huge. Lucha Libre is usually done with masked wrestlers, thus luchadors. And sometimes there's people who are unmasked, who are like, um, well, I think Juventud Guerrero is a good example. Because he did go without a mask a lot, and he had very long hair. And he was very much one of the best cruiserweights in WCW, in my opinion. But what would happen is you'd have a feud, two people clashing. And what better way to than to go into this than to put your honor on the line? And how is the honor symbolized? Well, simple. If you're a luchador, your mask is going on the line. 
it, because the wearing the mask is sacred. It's everything. To be unmasked is almost a dis well, pretty much is a disgrace to luchadors everywhere. If you don't have a mask, well, you better have something else to put online. So usually what they put online are those big long locks of theirs. They're going to have their head shaved if they lose. These have been great in the past. Um, unfortunately, I've seen some. Some of them I've seen where they were unmasked was not great. Uh, when Rey Mysterio Jr. first was unmasked on WCW, it was kind of a bummer, sad thing. He actually had to go through a lot with the Lucha Libre committee to get permission to be able to put his mask back on before going to Raw, or the WWE, rather. Uh, let's see here. Chavo Guerrero versus Eddie Guerrero. Who could ever forget that one? That's a great one. Um, definitely one worth watching. Another one that was pretty good, and there's been a lot of hair versus hair matches, so those are ones I'm going to definitely mention. Um, there was one with Vince McMahon versus Donald Trump, where the loser got their head shaved by whoever's representative represented wrestler won. Uh, so that, I mean, that was a really good one. Back then, you know, Trump was somebody who was okay in a lot of people's eyes. I'm not going to go into politics here, but let me just say, if that was to happen again, I would, I'd be willing to invest money just to make sure Vince won. Just saying. Um, also because I would think that really is a toupee. But that's beyond the point. The point of the matter is, these are very good matches. And they do have a lot of great things. Some of the wrestlers that you may recognize who have lost either their mask or their hair is, again, Rey Mysterio, Gorgeous George, Jeff Jarrett, Kurt Angle, Molly Holly, and even Chicago's own CM Punk. They've had those things happen, and usually it's because they have either some something serious going on in their life, they're losing their hair, or maybe sometimes it's just to joke about. I mean, that's one thing about Molly Holly. They were originally going to do just another women's match. I think they're going to do another bra and panties match or something on WrestleMania. And she's like, no, I want this to be big. I want this to be important. Give me a match. Make it just, you know, a regular match, but I'll put my hair on the line. Let me have the match I want, and I'll put my hair on the line, and I'll, I'm happy to shave my head if, if that's where, how it goes. And lo and behold, that's what happened. A lot of great stories and situations can happen from these matches. So again, now this is another one I really encourage. I really do like. It's not for everybody. Not everybody wants to lose their hair and everything else. But it is a really good one. And again, with luchadors, a lot of them don't want to lose their masks because it's a symbol of honor. So when you do watch these, take them with high regard and high respect because they are very, very interesting. Well, boys and girls, I know this was a short one for you, but again, like I said, you're getting a two-for-one deal, so definitely check out the other one. Enjoy it. Have a lot of fun. We are going to definitely be continuing this series two weeks from now. There's still a lot to talk about. There's so many matches and so many great things. But until then, I'll see you next time. And just for good old humor, that's all, folks. Thank you for listening to the Sleeper Hold Podcast. Don't forget to visit our website at thesleeperhold.com, comment on episodes, read our blog, find information about our quarterly charity, and more. See you next week.